Hello world, welcome to the Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you need to know about vaping and tobacco harm reduction. Hello and welcome everyone back to Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you know you need to know about vaping and vapors. Uh, my name is Lika and today I'm going to be joined by Elizabeth Hicks, our colleague from uh, Consumer Choice Center. She's U.S. Affairs Analyst at the CCC. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much Hi. for being with me today. Yes, thank you. Really excited to be here. Great, great, great to have you here. And um, I'm just going to say again, I'm very excited that we have launched this um, podcast. I think it's a, um, a very interesting thing. And uh, um, for everyone joining us today, um, welcome back or welcome to our podcast. And I hope you find it interesting. We're going to be talk talking about uh, many different topics throughout this um, few uh, talk, few podcasts that we have planned uh, over the course of the next uh, few weeks. And we'll also be sharing some of the World Vapors Alliance's upcoming um, campaigns and projects with you um, and our goals and what we are trying to achieve. Um, so please keep an eye on our activities and on our social media as well. So let me just, um, let, let's just directly jump in and uh, talk yeah. about Liz, what you've been doing and, and uh, your work and your achievements. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on and what you've been working on recently in the US. Yeah, it's been a, a busy time here stateside. So essentially there's a ton of vaping bills, um, legislation that's being, uh, promoted throughout the United States, and it's unfortunately not great legislation. So I've been pretty hard at work trying to fight back against these terrible bills. Uh, a lot of policies that you and in this audience will be familiar with, whether it's flavor bans or insane taxes put on vaping products, caps on nicotine levels, um, repeals on preemptions, um, all sorts of things like that. So it's uh, it's been a busy time. I've been, um, so far this year, me and my colleagues here stateside, I think we've testified in on 17 different bills so far since January. Um, and there's no end in sight, unfortunately. Um, and there's been quite a few of them that have been flavor bans in particular. Um, Minnesota has one that's currently ongoing, also Vermont, Maryland, Connecticut, and Hawaii, but I am happy to announce that the uh, flavor ban in Hawaii did die in committee, so it's no longer happening, although I'm sure it'll come back again. That's one thing that we see pretty frequently is even if these bills, you know, somehow don't make it past whatever, you know, legislative session, it'll be reintroduced again and again, or it bounces around from committee to committee. Um, so never a dull moment for us, but been doing a lot of testifying um, in these different committee hearings um, in various states, also working hard on doing, you know, external relations, media relations, things like that, just trying to get the pro-vaping message out there as much as we can so we can uh, stand up for vapors and make sure that they have the choices and, and access to the products that they prefer. That's very cool. Thank you so much for everything you're doing for vapors uh, globally. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about outcomes and um, what, what you've seen uh, from, from the work that you've been doing and testifying on those, what the, you mentioned uh, legislation being passed? Yeah, absolutely. So 
so I mentioned we've done 17 different, uh, we've participated in 17 different bills so far. Um, that's not even close to all of them that have been introduced just this year, unfortunately. But what uh, we're, oh, know, I can't to, imagine. It's, you know, it's like every day there's a new one that's popping up. And we always joke that usually one state will start it. For us, it's usually California will do the first terrible bill and then New York will follow suit. The other Northeastern states will follow suit. Illinois wants to join in for some reason and then it just spirals out of control. Um, so again, a lot of them have been flavor bans. A lot of them have also been taxes. Um, and, and it's an insane amount. Like one was in Alaska, it was 70% taxes, which is like, then we'll make it make vaping more expensive than, than cigarettes would be, which is like just a terrible policy for public health. We do not want people to go back to combustibles. I support people's choices, but we know that vaping is 95% less harmful. Thank you to the meta-analysis out of public health England. Um, and then also we know flavors are an important aspect too. There's um, a great study that came out of Yale by Abigail. Friedman um, that showcases that flavors are 2.3 times more likely to help folks who use combustible cigarettes to actually switch to vaping. Um, and I get a lot of questions from legislators about this. Um, you know, do flavors actually matter? Do they make a difference? And they absolutely do. And I tell them, you know, it's hard to entice somebody who, you know, has a nicotine addiction and is getting that fixed through combustible cigarettes. It's hard to get them to switch with a tobacco flavored vape. I mean, it's, it, I mean, a lot of us enjoy the flavors. I personally enjoyed the cucumber flavor for a long time um, and bounced around to different ones. But I feel like it's those, you know, those kind of more um, enticing fruity or whatever type of flavor profiles are the ones that you know, get people away from the cigarette. So, um, so that's been, I think, really important. We do get a lot of questions from legislators as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of just misinformation about vaping. Is it healthy? Is it safe? Um, and I always try to tell them, you know, we're not advocating that it's healthy, like, you know, take your vitamins and get your vape. But what we're saying is it's so much less harmful and less risky than smoking combustible cigarettes. Um, and so I think that's the, one of the important things um, that everyone should know. And I think we're starting to see the tide turn just a little bit, um, especially in these hearings where legislators are kind of finally listening to these talking points and realizing that, you know, these policies are well-intentioned, you know, when they're trying to protect the kids and make sure they don't have access to these products. Um, but the unintended consequences of a lot of these policies just exacerbate the problem they're trying to fix, which is making sure that youth don't have access. Um, so here in the United States, I think it was last year, uh, there was a federal policy that was passed that made it so you have to be uh, 21 in order to legally purchase tobacco products of any kind, including vaping. Um, and that's been helpful in getting um, these products away from, you know, high schoolers or middle schoolers. But also I think it's important for this audience to know is at least stateside, um, we don't have what is considered to be a youth vaping epidemic anymore. Uh, Dr. Brian King, who is the head of the um, tobacco control uh, area of the FDA, has even come out publicly and said that because of the data has showed that youth vaping is so low now that they're not even using the term youth vaping epidemic anymore. And I think that's great. Um, you know, I don't want kids to have access to vapes. Um, also don't want them to have access to cigarettes, but I do want adult consumers to be able to have that choice 
to enjoy um, these products, especially if it's getting them away from the harms of combustible cigarettes. So um, again, there's just a lot of bad policies that we see throughout um, most of the states, unfortunately. Um, but again, I think what's nice is we're seeing a lot of them not passed. There are definitely a lot that do pass, unfortunately, and we continue to push back on those. But again, I think legislators are starting to kind of understand that it's not, you know, prohibition is not effective um, and we really need to embrace harm reduction instead. That's very cool. Actually, um, I agree. I think um, the, that, that's the point exactly. Also raising awareness, right? And WVA has also done similar things in um, Europe as well. For example, in Netherlands, which actually does have uh, uh, flavor fan, but uh, we did participate in uh, government consultation uh, when it was open um, about this flavor band and uh, 1500 submissions um, came through on wow. that because consumers are actually um, very concerned of the about the negative outcomes of, of this yeah. legislation with a lot of people. We also did sorry. Um, we also did the uh, flavors campaign. Mm -hmm. um uh kind of similar what you said for for um i'm just pausing for it to be uh yeah, it's okay. really this part. <laughs> um so wva also did the um, uh, uh, flavors um, matter campaign which was uh, similar to what you said people need to have choices and mm -hmm. actually that um in the streets the kind of part of the campaign was that um, we were giving out flavorless ice cream in the streets and we we're asking adults if they would be okay with just having flavorless right. ice cream and <laughs> yeah, how attractive it would have been. So um, I think that way when you just compare um, other things so people can have comparison, they it just puts in a perspective. So everyone, of course, legislators, but everyone understands it's better. How Why is it important? And just that the ban does not, solve anything right right yeah that campaign was really cool i was a big fan of the uh flavors campaign that you guys at wva did because it's you know just really showcases that flavors do matter um nobody wants to buy flavorless or bland or boring or you know whatever it may be that's just it's not attractive to adults you know and the the talking points we hear a lot um, throughout the states is that, well, these flavors are just here to attract the kids. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm 30 and I like flavors. So I, I don't know, maybe like, <laughs> I think it's just important that we have options. Um, and, you know, there are, of course, tobacco flavored vapes and whatnot, but oftentimes too, I find that they don't taste like tobacco. They're not like cigarette tobacco. It's more it's like- my least favorite flavor. Yeah, they're, I feel like they're more like chocolatey yeah. or like coffee or, um, yeah. you know, they're really not, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting because I think it's a smart thing that, you know, these companies have done um, where, again, like, I don't think pe a lot of people enjoy the taste of cigarettes. That's not why they're smoking. Um, you know, it's the nicotine that they're smoking it for. And so if we can provide that um you know feeling from that you get from nicotine but in a much more attractive way which again is flavors i think a lot of adult consumers really appreciate that i know i do <laughs> definitely couldn't agree more um also anything uh, upcoming uh, that you know of in the plans and the works what's happening any other 
um, hearings that you're going to be participating in? Yes, there is um, a lot that is still coming up um, and we will be there to push back as much as we can. Um, but the thing too that um, I've talked a lot about, you know, states and and different state committee hearings, which is definitely a big part of what we're focusing on. But um, unfortunately, we're seeing you know attacks on vaping and, and consumer choice in this area um, on all levels, whether it's against states. Um, otherwise, we're also seeing it in, in localities, um, and we're also seeing it on a federal level. As well, so the FDA here is really adamant about banning menthol, um, and particularly menthol cigarettes, but also just menth menthol flavors in general, uh, which is, you know, I think definitely unfortunate and not a win for public health. Um, and then on the local side, that's where we see a lot of kind of crazy things come up. Um, in California, especially, and California is notorious and infamous for just bad policies, especially when it comes to vaping, but they are actually going forth with a tobacco-free generation policy, which I know you folks have seen um, throughout some places in Europe, and, and I think Malaysia is also trying this, and there are a few other countries also pursuing this terrible idea, uh, which is essentially, you know, after a certain um, year, so like, let's say you were born in, I think here it's 2007, anybody after 2007, if you're born in that year um, or later, you are legally not ever allowed to buy tobacco products, which for us, one of the big arguments that we make on all of these different policies, whether it's, you know, the flavor bans, tobacco-free generation, taxes, nicotine caps, preemption repeals, whatever it is, however they're trying to push back against um, vaping, um, one thing that we always bring up is that we're just empowering the illicit market to then go ahead and fill the void for consumers, which is dangerous. Um, these products are not going to be regulated. They're not going to adhere by regulatory standards. And one thing I always mention is the illicit market does not check age IDs. They like they don't care how old you are. They will absolutely sell to kids, um, which again, if the whole goal, which we're seeing at least here in the U.S., is to protect the youth, um, making sure that we have actually accredited and, and regulated vaping shops or stores um, is important. Otherwise, we're just going to be empowering the illicit market, which is going to be empowering criminals. Um, and again, going to get bad products out there for consumers, which will be very harmful to public health and to these people. Um, and so I think that's something that we're continuing to keep an eye on and trying to make sure that, again, you know, we have access to these products and that they're safe. Um, and the only way we can do that is through, you know, some hopefully light form of regulation. We don't want to be overly regulated by any means, but we do want to make sure that the product standards are there and that what people are actually buying and consuming is, you know, what they think they're buying and consuming, which if it's, you know, a legal vape, then we know it's good to go. So I think that's uh, something that we, you know, are really trying to keep an eye on and focusing on. And, and again, you know, we're just about halfway through the year of 2023, um, and so I anticipate we'll be seeing a lot more bills coming up, a lot more you know local policies popping up. Hopefully, not too many more federal policies, but you never know. They like to keep us on our toes, um, but you know we will you know keep an eye on it all and and keep pushing back and you know making sure that we're standing up for consumer choice and for those that you know want to enjoy these products. 
Awesome. That's great to hear. Thank you so much for everything you are doing again for uh, vapors. And I know this is um, not uh, only the U.S. problem, as you mentioned, uh, right. uh, flavors and uh, flavors are attacked in a lot of countries, as well as uh, the tax uh, regulation that you mentioned, maybe not everywhere the same, like 70% sounds actually very high, but uh, so that's high. also the case. I know. And that's also the case in a lot of, a lot of countries, a lot of places. So um, we're also going to be doing our, our best to uh, fight for consumers to be heard and uh, consumer opinions to be taken into account when this um, legislations are, are made. And um, I want to take a moment here to also announce that um, uh, WVA has just launched our uh, beat smoking like uh, sweets campaign. Uh, and we just want to highlight why Sweden has this um, success rate. Sweden is the has the lowest smoking rate in the EU and is actually the only country on track to achieve the EU smoke free goal of 5% of smokers nationwide. So this is very important. We wanted to highlight what they did and what was so successful and what are the lessons everyone can learn um, so we can achieve uh, similar goals. Um, so everyone listening to our podcast right now, keep an eye on our social media accounts. Um, campaigns um, launched already. If you want to read more about it, go to our website. Uh, the campaign's called Be Smoking Like Sweets, and we have some cool things planned. Um, keep an eye on those. Um, and a lot more activities, of course. Um, just like you said, Liz, I think we'll, we all need to stay strong and fight um, everywhere. And it's a yeah. lot of things we need to fight for. Yeah, and that's why I really appreciate what you guys at World Vapors Alliance are doing. I mean, a lot of what I focus on is just in the United States, um, but you guys are tackling it literally everywhere else around the world, which is much, much needed and much appreciated by uh, by all of us who uh, you know think these products should be on the market. and. And, you know, of course, want to beat smoking. So I'm excited to see, you know, the beat smoking, like the Swedes campaign and all the other fun activities you guys have planned. Let me just do a shameless plug too, really quickly. I mean, anyone who's listening to this podcast, hopefully is already following World Vapors Alliance. But if you're not, go ahead and do yourself a favor, mm -hmm. subscribe, like do all the things that you would do to keep in touch with World Vapors Alliance, sign up for the emails and newsletters um, and go ahead and do that for Consumer Choice Center as well while you're at it. But uh, really appreciate what you guys are doing. So thanks so much for all of your efforts. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you for everything you're doing again. And thank you for taking your time to be with me here today. Um, again, this is Vaping Unplugged podcast. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us today and we'll be back next week. Bye guys. Take care. Bye.